My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. 25 minutes before 5 o'clock. Let's say a very good morning to Denislav Marinov joining us. A very good morning to you. Morning and good morning to your listeners. Let's start with your get up and go. What's that morning routine that gets you up and going every morning, Denislav? Um, well, uh, if I'm not in a, a rush to complete urgent university submissions, um, I generally start off my day by uh, making my cup of coffee and then I get up onto my computer. And uh, what I like to do is learn about at least two different countries every day. Um, so basically, I, I read some of the history of the countries, where they're situated and geopolitical factors associated with these countries. And I, I just do that to develop my general knowledge and understanding of the world uh, and appreciate the diversity and, and cultures in, in other places around the world. Um, and then I, I follow this by reading a bunch of articles and news, uh, mostly pertaining to technological developments. And everything, uh, every morning, I'm, I'm met with an abundance of new articles regarding technological advancements. And it's, it's actually unbelievable to see how many new advancements occur in the span of 24 hours. Mm. Um, and these advancements pertain to medical breakthroughs, astronomical discoveries, advancements of robotics, and so on. And uh, reading all these articles really inspires me as, as a young innovator and an aspiring scientist. And it's really testament to our collective abilities as humanity to create value and growth. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it really renews my sense of the future, seeing all this news and development taking place around me. That, that's kind of what gets me going in the morning. <laughs> you know, I'm so inspired by just your love and your passion, and even in your voice and the way you're describing, you know, your love for knowledge and, you know, keeping abreast of technological advances. I do want us to take a bit of a step back, you know. Tell us more, uh, Dennis Love, about where you're from, where were you born, and maybe tell us a little bit more about your childhood. Um, so I was born in, in Johannesburg, and I've lived there my whole life, born and raised in South Africa. Um, I went to Blegari Primary, uh, which is a very nice government school in Johannesburg. Uh, I must say that's probably where my interest in, in science began, because every year they had this science expo where students had the opportunity to choose some scientific topic and you know investigate it and develop a, a research report around that. Um, and, yeah, I was immediately amazed by the things that people were doing. And mm-hmm. with some of my friends, we, we entered. Um, and that's where, yeah, I really, really developed an interest for, for science. I mean, I've always been more of a quiet kid. My parents said I would, I would always just sit down with Lego and, and just build the whole day. <laughs> were they so, worried? What's going on in this young man's mind? Probably. <laughs> I mean, my my family has a history of, of engineers, so I must say that probably contributed to my love for technology and creating and building. I've always had this desire to understand how things work, what, what, what are the underlying mechanisms that make things around me work, mm. uh, to the extent that I'm currently doing a degree in physics and chemistry at UCT. Um, mm. So I'm currently in my third year. Um, And I kind of chose this degree because I find that physics and chemistry are really foundational science subjects, which give you a great basis to jump into a variety of different industries and fields. It it, it tells you about the underlying fundamental 
laws that govern the universe around us. And I think that's just amazing to understand that and then apply it to engineering and to the real world is, is just amazing. Now, you are making quite, um, you know, news lately because you are planning on or you are using 3D printers in South Africa's schools to level the education uh, planning, uh, playing fields. And you say that you plan to put one 3D educational printer into every school in South Africa, which you believe will drive solution-based collaborative and cross-disciplinary thinking amongst learners. And you say the goal is to democratize quality education whilst also demystifying the technology. Tell us about this uh, 3D printing that you are using in, in this cutting-edge move. Um, well, basically, so I've been working with design and 3D printing for about six years now. I, I really, I was immediately fascinated by the technology. The the fact that you can imagine something in your head and then produce it in front of you, I thought just that that's amazing. And, and that's the future uh, of manufacturing. And so I decided to look into 3D printing and Basically, another name for 3D printing is additive manufacturing. It's the process of just adding layers of, of material, in most cases plastic, to create a finished product. And after working with this for so many years, I kind of realized there's a lot of benefits for young people to work with this kind of technology. And coming through the education system myself, I realized that the issue that a lot of South African students are facing is that many of them leave school uninspired and unaware of what's happening in the world around them. And I thought there must be something we can do to expose these children to different ways of thinking and to the technologies and resources around us. And so, yeah, I've been developing a program to try and introduce 3D printers into schools. Um, my main goal behind that is that I, apart from just implementing 3D printers, I want to develop a new kind of curriculum that combines all the different subjects together into a problem-solving-based subject, where instead of learning about maths and physics separately, you learn problem-solving and critical thinking skills. Um, because nowadays, most of our subjects are taught in complete isolation. There's no link between maths and English and geography. And I just think that's really absurd, because if you look at reality, reality, all these subjects are intricately linked together in one way or another. And so I wanted to design a kind of a system that integrates all these subjects into one, making it more applicable to, to reality and giving students a bit more uh, inspiration when learning these subjects. And so the 3D printer plays the role of a tool that will allow students to interact with this problem-solved based thinking. So for example, um, you would task your students with solving the water crisis in Cape Town, for example. Um, so to do that, they would have to learn about climate change, about historical weather patterns, about the geography of Cape Town, where there's dams, about erosion, what causes droughts, all those factors. Already you've included history and geography. Uh, following that, they could actually work on coming up with a solution and actually designing a product. So that's obviously a lot of engineering skills uh, and design thinking. And at the end of the day, they can actually 3D print this product and hold it in their hands. I think that's what's missing nowadays is that 
a lot of students, we're, we're all visual learners, and to actually see and hold something in our hands, it's far more impactful than just sitting and, and listening to a, to a teacher. And so that's kind of my thinking behind incorporating 3D printers, is to get students thinking and engaging with problems and finding ways to solve them, because uh, particularly in South Africa, we need more engineers and scientists to solve the issues that we're experiencing. And mm. I believe introducing these technologies, showing children what's out there, would inspire many and lead to a new inspired generation of engineers and scientists, which is my ultimate goal with uh, this kind of technology. Now, when it comes to, you know, technology and you being a scientist, you mentioned earlier on that uh, science and technology evolves at quite a rapid pace and sometimes it's almost impossible to keep up. 3D printing and and, and schools and education, are we at that point where we are ready for it, it will be effective for education and where we are, especially with our syllabus and just all the educational challenges that we are having in South Africa today. Will this technology, you know, be as effective as you think it will be in the now? Yes. So I think that in terms of funding these kind of projects, the funding is out there. I really think that, um, large companies are always looking to invest as part of their corporate social responsibility to develop schools and and all those kind of things. But the thing is that a lot of these schools, people aren't willing to invest in things that um, don't offer much of a return. And our current educational system, I think, is is really lacking in inspiring students. And I think if, if companies see that people are engaging with these technologies, they'll be more willing to invest in them. Um, we're already seeing big strides being made in our educational system. Uh, recently, they, uh, the, the government started adding robotics as one of the, the subjects. Mm. And I think going into a future that will be heavily dependent on technology, a lot of jobs are going to be replaced. I think it's crucial that students are exposed to these things at a young age. Um, yeah, I, I really, this, is, this really is the future. And we're seeing a lot of other countries starting to adopt this. And I think we as South Africa can leapfrog this process right. and start, start incorporating these on a large scale. There's already many schools in South Africa, um, particularly more of the private schools that have the funding, that are already starting to incorporate these technologies. And I think if students, uh, even in rural areas, ex- are exposed to these technologies, they're going to be so much more inspired. And um, I think that's what's going to lead to students that that can find their purpose and know what they want to do in the future. Uh, because nowadays students just don't have that, uh, that factor that engages them during school. Mm, very powerful words there. And more than anything, um, Demislav, tell us about, you know, just, you know, students in science. You spoke earlier on about how you uh, developed your love for science in school and the roadshows that used to be there and how you were exposed at a young age. What do you hope to do for other uh, fellow young people like yourself? Yeah, well... When I first saw 3D printing, I was absolutely mesmerized, and it's it's a feeling I can't really describe. And it's that's ultimately what I would like to do is I'd like to share this kind of breakthrough, this epiphany that I had with other students to give them the opportunity to engage with these technologies, to open their minds and show them that there's a whole world around them because we tend to be consumed by the environments around us. 
and that usually in most many cases it's it's not healthy a lot of people don't live in very healthy environments that allow them to see their full potential and expand and i think by exposing them to these things which is what my ultimate goal is it will allow them to break the molds of of the communities that they come from and really become active high impact leaders and so yeah my my goal would be to just share share these things with with students and inspire them. Um, I do workshops and I do tutor. And that moment when a student finally understands something, there's that moment of light you can see in their face, that realization. Mm. I think that's just priceless. And I just want to create more of those moments for more students around the country. That is incredible. What inspires you to keep going, Demislav? Um, well, we live in such a beautiful country. We, we have abundant resources. We have amazing people. Uh, but at the same time, we, we experience so many problems in the country on a daily basis. And I just think that it's, it's up to us to do something to improve the lives of others. I think it's, it's about time that we go from bystanders to people that actually play a role in society. And so at the same time with all these problems, I think there's subsequently an equal number of opportunities. And uh, that's what keeps me going, the, the idea that we can really, if we all put our minds together and we, we integrate new technologies, if we do research, if we work together as a country, we can really improve South Africa and make it a, really one of the best countries in the world. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on SAFM this morning. And we can't uh, wait to see what you'll do, you know, in future. But before I let you go, what do you think of uh, South Africa, you know, being lauded as the first, you know, with the three, the, the middle ear transplant with Professor uh, Mashudu Chifalaro and his team in Pretoria, you know, having achieved such a great, not just a medical uh, breakthrough, but also in many ways, a scientific breakthrough. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think what he's doing is, is amazing and that just it, it's testament to the abilities that we as humans have and also the fact that South Africa is also on this uh, wagon of including these kind of new radical technologies which could really change industry as we know it. Um, it's really amazing. I'm also working on developing new 3D printing technologies in Africa um, and I think we have all the resources and funding that we need to introduce these technologies and make them mainstream, ultimately to better the lives of, of people as, as he has done. I think it's absolutely amazing, and, and I really promote that, and I hope we continue as a country to invest in these kind of endeavors. Thank you very much. Please share with us your social media handles. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dvm underscore designs. dvm underscore designs. Yes. There you go. Have a wonderful day. And it's been a pleasure chatting to you this morning on SAFM. There you go, Demislav uh, Marinov, the University of Cape Town, third year Bachelor of Science student, making waves there for using 3D printing to address education crisis in South Africa. It's 10 minutes before 5 o'clock. Stay with us.
All right, having some technical gremlins there. We're supposed to be going to some spiritual inspiration. But in the meantime, let's remind you of our topic of discussion this morning. We're talking about political prisoners that are still languishing in South African jails. And we're asking the question this morning, should not all political prisoners be released? And have they not paid enough for their sins? I mean, we're talking about people who've been in prison since apartheid times all right and they still have not yet been uh, released and we know that many political parties like the PAC have worked tirelessly to uh, try and get some of their prisoners uh, released and we know that some of them have and we know they've I mean I, I'm thinking there's a guy called Saxon many many years ago I interviewed him at um, the maximum security prison in Lukop and at that point it was in 2000 seven yes and he had been in prison since you know those days of um, the KZN violence which broke out in Richmond and he had been uh, fighting the system and actually been appealing and appealing and appealing to government to say I was a political prisoner of the time you know what I did was not of my own doing but was because of the system at the time and I'm not, I think he was subsequently um, released it's been you know so many years since um, Alastair you know followed up on his story but I know that his story was not unique there were many others like him who continue to to, to languish in prison and the question we are asking this morning is it not time for the South African uh, government to relook political prisoners that are in our prisons and actually release them for crimes committed under apartheid. What do you think? 40938 that is our SMS line. You can also uh, connect with us. Send us a voice note on 061-410-4107 on Twitter at SFM Radio at Kanye underscore Makubane. Um, well, uh, if I'm not in a, a rush to complete urgent university submissions, um, I generally start off my day by uh, making my cup of coffee and then I get up onto my computer. And uh, what I like to do is learn about at least two different countries every day. Um, so basically I, I read some of the history of the countries, where they're situated and geopolitical factors associated with these countries. And I, I just do that to develop my general knowledge and understanding of the world uh, and appreciate the diversity and, and cultures in, in other places around the world. Um, and then I, I follow this by reading a bunch of articles and news, uh, mostly pertaining to technological developments. And everything, uh, every morning, I'm, I'm met with an abundance of new articles regarding technological advancements. And it's, it's actually unbelievable to see how many new advancements occur in the span of 24 hours. Mm. Um, and these advancements pertain to medical breakthroughs, astronomical discoveries, advancements of robotics, and so on. And uh, reading all these articles really inspires me as, as a young innovator and an aspiring scientist. And it's really testament to our collective abilities as humanity to create value and growth. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it really renews my sense of the future, seeing all this news and development taking place around me. That, that's kind of what gets me going in the morning. <laughs> you know, I'm so inspired by just your love and your passion, and even in your voice and the way you're describing, you know, your love for knowledge and, you know, keeping abreast of technological advances. I do want us to take a bit of a step back, you know. Tell us more, uh, Dennis Love, about where you're from, where were you born, and maybe tell us a little bit more about your childhood. 
Um, so I was born in, in Johannesburg, and I've lived there my whole life, born and raised in South Africa. Um, I went to Blegari Primary, uh, which is a very nice government school in Johannesburg. Uh, I must say that's probably where my interest in, in science began, because every year they had this science expo where students had the opportunity to choose some scientific topic and you know investigate it and develop a, a research report around that. Um, and yeah, I was immediately amazed by the things that people were doing. And mm-hmm. with some of my friends, we we entered, um, and that's where yeah, I really really developed an interest for for science. I mean, I've always been more of a quiet kid. My parents said I would I would always just sit down with Lego and and just build the whole day. <laughs> were they so, worried? What's going on in this young man's mind? Probably, <laughs> I mean, my my family has a history of of engineers, so I must say that probably contributed to my love for technology and creating and building. I've always had this desire to understand how things work. What 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 are the underlying mechanisms that make things around me work? Mm. Uh, to the extent that I'm currently doing a degree in physics and chemistry at UCT, mm. um, so I'm currently in my third year. Um, and I kind of chose this degree because I find that physics and chemistry are really foundational science subjects, which give you a great basis to jump into a variety of different industries and fields. It, it, it tells you about the underlying fundamental laws that govern the universe around us. And I think that's just amazing to understand that and then apply it to engineering and to the real world is, is just amazing. Now, you are making quite, um, you know, news lately because you are planning on or you are using 3D printers in South Africa's schools to level the education uh, playing fields. And you say that you plan to put one 3D educational printer into every school in South Africa, which you believe will drive solution-based collaborative and cross-disciplinary thinking amongst learners. And you say the goal is to democratize quality education whilst also demystifying the technology. Tell us about this uh, 3D printing that you are using in in this cutting-edge move. Um, well, basically, so I've been working with design and 3D printing for about six years now. I, I really, I was immediately fascinated by the technology. The the fact that you can imagine something in your head and then produce it in front of you, I thought just that that's amazing. And, and that's the future uh, of manufacturing. And so I decided to look into 3D printing and Basically, another name for 3D printing is additive manufacturing. It's the process of just adding layers of of material, in most cases plastic, to create a finished product. And after working with this for so many years, I kind of realized there's a lot of benefits for young people to work with this kind of technology. And coming through the education system myself, I realized that the issue that a lot of South African students are facing is that Many of them leave school uninspired and unaware of what's happening in the world around them. And I thought there must be something we can do to expose these children to different ways of thinking and to the technologies and resources around us. And so, yeah, I've been developing a program to try and introduce 3D printers into schools. Um, My main goal behind that is that apart from just implementing 3D printers, I want to develop a new kind of curriculum that 
combines all the different subjects together into a problem-solving-based subject, where instead of learning about maths and physics separately, you learn problem-solving and critical thinking skills. Um, because nowadays most of our subjects are taught in complete isolation. There's no link between maths and English and geography, and I just think that's really absurd because if you look at reality, reality, all these subjects are intricately linked together in one way or another. And so I wanted to design a kind of a system that integrates all these subjects into one, making it more applicable to to reality and giving students a bit more uh, inspiration when learning these subjects. And so the 3D printer plays the role of a tool that will allow students to interact with this problem-solved based thinking. So, for example, um, you would task your students with solving the water crisis in Cape Town, for example. Um, so to do that, they would have to learn about climate change, about historical weather patterns, about the geography of Cape Town, where there's dams, about erosion, what causes droughts, all those factors. Already you've included history and geography. Uh, following that, they could actually work on coming up with a solution and actually designing a product. So that's obviously a lot of engineering skills uh, and design thinking. And at the end of the day, they can actually 3D print this product and hold it in their hands. I think that's what's missing nowadays is that a lot of students, we're, we're all visual learners, and to actually see and hold something in our hands is far more impactful than just sitting and, and listening to a, to a teacher. And so that's kind of my thinking behind incorporating 3D printers. It's to get students thinking and engaging with problems and finding ways to solve them because uh, particularly in South Africa, we need more engineers and scientists to solve the issues that we're experiencing. And mm -hmm. I believe introducing these technologies, showing children what's out there, would inspire many and lead to a new inspired generation of engineers and scientists, which is my ultimate goal with uh, this kind of technology. Now, when it comes to, you know, technology and you being a scientist, you mentioned earlier on that uh, science and technology evolves at quite a rapid pace and sometimes it's almost impossible to keep up. 3D printing and, and, and schools and education, are we at that point where we are ready for it, it will be effective for our education and where we are, especially with our syllabus and just all the educational challenges that we are having in South Africa today. Will this technology, you know, be as effective as you think it will be in the now? Yes. So I think that in terms of funding these kind of projects, the funding is out there. I really think that, um, large companies are always looking to invest as part of their corporate social responsibility to develop schools and, and all those kind of things. But the thing is that a lot of these schools, people aren't willing to invest in things that um, don't offer much of a return. And our current educational system, I think, is, is really lacking in inspiring students. And I think if, if companies see that people are engaging with these technologies, they'll be more willing to invest in them. Um, we're already seeing big strides being made in our educational system. Uh, recently, they, uh, the, the government started adding robotics as one of the, the subjects. Mm. And I think going into a future that will be heavily dependent on technology, a lot of jobs are going to be replaced. I think it's crucial that students are exposed to these things at a young age. Um, yeah, I, I 
really this is this really is the future and we're seeing a lot of other countries starting to adopt this and i think we as south africa can leapfrog this process right and start start incorporating these on a large scale there's already many schools in south africa um particularly more of the private schools that have the funding that are already starting to incorporate these technologies and i think if students uh, even in rural areas are exposed to these technologies they're going to be so much more inspired and um, I think that's what's going to lead to students that, that can find their purpose and know what they want to do in the future. Uh, because nowadays, students just don't have that, uh, that factor that engages them during school. Mm, very powerful words there. And more than anything, um, Demislav, tell us about, you know, just, you know, students in science. You spoke earlier on about how you uh, developed your love for science in school and the road shows that used to be there and how you were exposed at a young age. What do you hope to do for other uh, fellow young people like yourself? Yeah, well, when I first saw 3D printing, I was absolutely mesmerized, and it's it's a feeling I can't really describe. And it's that's ultimately what I would like to do is I'd like to share this kind of breakthrough, this epiphany that I had with other students to give them the opportunity to engage with these technologies, to open their minds and show them that there's a whole world around them, because we tend to be consumed by the environments around us, and that usually, in most many cases, it's, it's not healthy. A lot of people don't live in very healthy environments that allow them to see their full potential and expand. And I think by exposing them to these things, which is what my ultimate goal is, it will allow them to break the molds of, of the communities that they come from and really become active, high-impact leaders. And so, yeah, my, my goal would be to just share, share these things with with students and inspire them. Um, I do workshops and I do tutor. And that moment when a student finally understands something, there's that moment of light you can see in their face, that realization. Mm. I think that's just priceless. And I just want to create more of those moments for more students around the country. That is incredible. What inspires you to keep going, Demislav? Um, well, we live in such a beautiful country. We, we have abundant resources. We have amazing people. Uh, but at the same time, we, we experience so many problems in the country on a daily basis. And I just think that it's, it's up to us to do something to improve the lives of others. I think it's, it's about time that we go from bystanders to people that actually play a role in society. And so at the same time with all these problems, I think there's subsequently an equal number of opportunities. And uh, that's what keeps me going, the, the idea that we can really, if we all put our minds together and we, we integrate new technologies, if we do research, if we work together as a country, we can really improve South Africa and make it a, really one of the best countries in the world. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on SAFM this morning. And we can't uh, wait to see what you'll do, you know, in future. But before I let you go, what do you think of uh, South Africa, you know, being lauded as the first, you know, with the three, the, the middle ear transplant with Professor uh, Mashudu Chifalaro and his team in Pretoria, you know, having achieved such a great, not just a medical uh, breakthrough, but also in many ways, a scientific breakthrough. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think what he's doing is, is amazing and that just it, it's testament to 
the abilities that we as humans have, and also the fact that South Africa is also on this uh, wagon of including these kind of new radical technologies, which could really change industry as we know it. Um, it's really amazing. I'm also working on developing new 3D printing technologies in Africa. Um, and I think we have all the resources and funding that we need to introduce these technologies and make them mainstream, ultimately to better the lives of, of people as, as he has done. I think it's absolutely amazing, and, and I really promote that, and I hope we continue as a country to invest in these kind of endeavors. Thank you very much. Please share with us your social media handles. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DVM underscore designs. DVM underscore designs. Yes. There you go. Have a wonderful day. And it's been a pleasure chatting to you this morning on SAFM. There you go, Demislav uh, Marinov, the University of Cape Town, third year Bachelor of Science student, making waves there for using 3D printing to address education crisis in South Africa. It's 10 minutes before 5 o'clock. Stay with us. All right, having some technical gremlins there. We're supposed to be going to some spiritual inspiration. But in the meantime, let's remind you of our topic of discussion this morning. We're talking about political prisoners that are still languishing in South African jails. And we're asking the question this morning, should not all political prisoners be released? And have they not paid enough for their sins? I mean, we're talking about people who've been in prison since apartheid times all right and they still have not yet been uh, released and we know that many political parties like the PAC have worked tirelessly to uh, try and get some of their prisoners uh, released and we know that some of them have and we know they've I mean I, I'm thinking there's a guy called Saxon many many years ago I interviewed him at um, the maximum security prison in Lugop and at that point it was in 2000 seven Yes, and he had been in prison since, you know, those days of um, the KZN violence which broke out in Richmond and he had been uh, fighting the system and actually been appealing and appealing and appealing to government to say I was a political prisoner of the time. You know, what I did was not of my own doing, but was because of the system at the time. And I'm not, I think he was subsequently um, released. It's been, you know, so many years since um, Alastair, you know, followed up on his story but I know that his story was not unique there were many others like him who continue to, to to languish in prison and the question we are asking this morning is it not time for the South African uh, government to relook political prisoners that are in our prisons and actually release them for crimes committed under apartheid. What do you think? 40938, that is our SMS line. You can also uh, connect with us. Send us a voice note on 061 on Twitter at SFM Radio at Kanye underscore Makubane.